I got one life, got a made up mind, one time to live, one time to die, I gotta make my one count, one life, got a made up mind, one time to live, one time to die, I gotta make my one count, one life. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. This is One Life with Tay Love via MadeUpMind.com. God bless you. Hey, it's been a while, but I am back. The Lord has had me traveling just a little bit. I'm actually getting in from the continent of Africa, country Uganda. So shout out to all my family and brothers and sisters in Christ and some of the disciples in Uganda. The time was wonderful and I am already looking forward to going back again this year if the Lord says the same. Today's podcast is three lies to live, four steps to take. Again, three lies to live, four steps to take. In Tay Love Made Up Mind One Life podcast fashion, get your Bibles, get your pens, your pads, your recorders, however you learn. Get ready. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity to learn about you. I was reading in the Voice of the Martyrs monthly magazine this morning about persecuted Christians in Bangladesh and Mexico and Vietnam. And Lord, it's just amazing at the freedom we have right now. Most of us are free. If you are in that free spot, my prayer is that you would take advantage, learn this word, obey this word, master this word, share this word, multiply this word. If you are in a situation where you're being persecuted, you're in hiding, Oh God, I pray that you be with them. As you tell us in Hebrews 13, three, remember them that are in bonds as being with them. May you bring them peace and comfort. Take them through, see them through, strengthen them even right now in the name of Jesus, that they will continue holding on for whatever reason they're in that situation. The tide can be turned at any time for anyone who follows Jesus. For you say in your words, 2 Timothy 3.12, So then all that, are God, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So God, thank you for everything. And I pray that you speak through this podcast to anyone and everyone who is listening now, whether it's a mobile device, a computer, regardless, God have your way. May your word work. And may you get the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Again, the podcast today, three lies to live, four steps to take. There's a lot of scripture I'm going to be reading, so I'm just going to move right on through this. Three lies to live. Here are the three lies that most people are going to live in. In my opinion, all people are going to live in. They're going to live in one of these three lives. Three lies. Life number one, no brakes. When I say brake, I'm talking about if you have a bike, you press backwards to stop or you press the handle, little squeeze the little brake at the handlebar to stop. Or if you're in the car, you press the pedal to stop. Or if you're riding a stick shift, you pull up the brake to stop. Brake. Okay. The first life that people live is no brakes. A good amount of people out of control, impulsive, and criminal grade. If you are living in this life, you do not have any regard for God. This is like the, the psalmist says in Psalm 10, there is no fear of God before their eyes. You live and, 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 and please yourself. You live it up. You don't front or fake or have any attachment or association or interest or desire or aim or care for God. Yes, there are people who live this way. Now, you might be thinking it's got to be somebody like an Islamic extremist or 
somebody in a high ranking government official in a communist country or something like that. Not really. There are plenty of people all around us in America that live just like this. So don't think just because you're not out killing and, and, and doing stuff like ISIS or some militant group somewhere in Africa or Mexico or, you know, some parts of, of Latin America, South America. No, no. If you in America and, you know, you, you, you have your cake and eat it, too, with your choice of sin, whether it's porn or gambling or drinking or you're promiscuous. Yes, yes, yes. You're living life with no breaks. Again, out of control, impulsive, and really criminal grade. You just ain't being arrested or getting caught or you're not necessarily breaking the law in that way in man's eyes, but you're definitely breaking God's law, right? Life number two, some breaks. Most people apply the breaks when they want to, okay? This is your moral to yourself. So a thief is good to himself. A thief thinks there's nothing wrong with stealing. A murderer thinks there's nothing wrong with killing. A promiscuous person thinks there's nothing wrong with sleeping around and so on and so forth. So as I have said many times in the past, who determines what is good? If you determine what is good, then of course you think you are a good person. So that's the some breaks life. You, 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 you apply uh, the breaks when you want to. You're really moral according to yourself. The third life and the final life before we get into the steps to take is perfect breaks. When you have a car, there are several components. You got calipers on every wheel. You got brake pads or drums or shoes. You got uh, wheel cylinders. You have brake lines. You got a master cylinder. You have a brake booster, a brake pedal. You have all of these things. Perfect brakes have the optimal compression for that particular vehicle. That means when you go to press the brake pedal, it's stiff and you don't have to press it very hard before you, you begin to feel the car slowing down. Can't you tell a brother done had some raggedy brakes? <laughs> That's why I know all these parts. Don't forget the rotors. Perfect brakes. It means satisfying all requirements. That's what the word perfect means. Let me say that one more time because the Bible says in Matthew 5, 48, be ye therefore perfect even as your father which is in heaven is perfect. And people say, oh, I'm not perfect. Oh, I ain't got to be perfect. But Jesus tells us to be perfect. And again, the definition of perfect is satisfying all requirements. So if you graduate and you graduate from high school or college, you have satisfied all requirements. Then according to that definition, you are perfect. You have done perfectly in the college, in the high school, etc. But Perfect. The perfect breaks. Life is a person before God following his prescription in everything. Don't you know it's possible if you are a father to father according to the Bible? If you are a husband, you can be married and love your wife according to the Bible. If you are a wife, you can submit to your husband and love him according to the Bible. You can read the Bible and know and follow everything the Bible says according to Jesus. Again, it's his prescription for life. Those are the three lives to live. You have no breaks. You're out of control. If you don't have breaks, you can't stop. You hit them brakes, you're going to have screeching and, and you headed for a crash. There are people who live their lives, as the world would say, in the fast lane. They're living life in the fast lane. That is no brakes. They don't hold back on anything they want to do. Drank it up, partied up, cussing folk out, making videos on social media, etc., etc. You and I know people that are kind of intense. And, and, and then so, uh, again, this is the no breaks life. Some breaks, you can be moral, but most of the time you're not. But you think 
You are moral according to you. And as I just explained, you know, hey, man, shoot, hustlers, drug dealing, drug selling, a drug enterprise is great for the drug dealer. It's a problem according to the law. It's a problem according to you, the good citizen, uh, HOA paying neighbor. But the drug dealer, he getting his and he don't see nothing wrong with it. Because in his eyes, selling drugs is good to him because he's a drug dealer. And finally, there's perfect breaks. That's the one who's following God, following Jesus, according to his prescriptions, prescriptions in everything. No, I don't sit here and be a godly husband, but I'm an ungodly uh, employee. No, I don't sit here and I be a godly father, but I'm an ungodly husband. No, no, no. The perfect breaks person, again, the definition satisfying all requirements. So those are the three lines to live. Now let's get into the four steps to take. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to One Life with Tay Love via MadeUpMind.com. Please share this podcast. Do not allow this word to stop in your ears. Simply do a few clicks, share it so that you can do your part in spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, the word of God, the Bible. Now, let's get into the four steps to take. Step number one, regardless of the life you're living, especially if you're not uh, in the life of perfect breaks, if you have no breaks or some breaks, the four steps to take for people, this is my charge to people. Let me give you four steps to take. Step number one, Make the decision, listen for this word, to surrender your life to Jesus. That means your interests, aims, goals, pursuits, desires, passions, ways, and even your total will. The word surrender means to yield to the power, control, or possession of another upon compulsion or demand. In this case, it will be the equivalent to Luke 9, 23, where Jesus says out of his own mouth, if anyone would follow me, he must first deny himself, take up his cross daily and then come follow me. So step number one, you have to make the decision to surrender your life. And I'm going to tell you why, because this is really speaking to somebody who says, well, I ain't got to follow God. It ain't that big of a deal. I ain't got to worry about it right now. In other words, you're buying time, you're playing around, or you don't think that the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is simply Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. You don't think you have sin. You don't think sin is that big of a deal to God because in America, we don't take we, we loose about a lot of things, in my own opinion. Child talk back to their mama. The mama don't even do nothing. Don't you talk back like that to me. No, he, his mouth needs some hot sauce. Go and pop him in his mouth. That's going to teach him better than you saying that. Let me move on. Romans 3, 19 through 23 tells us, if you have not surrendered your life to Jesus, Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you this scripture that I'm going to read tells you exactly where you are. Remember, you did not create yourself, so you don't get to determine nothing. Really, you don't get to, to, to change the color of the sky and the way the wind blow. You can't change the weather and, and the, the height of the mountain you, you can't take your nose off your face and play Mr. Potato Head with yourself. I don't care how many uh, uh, uh them cut up uh, uh, surgery shows they got on for LGBTQIAS2+, or this recent billionaire doctor in California who want to try to look young, or uh, the, the butt boosters and the lip gel and all this crap. Man, listen to me. You ain't running nothing. Even if you do that, that's why folk have problems and it, it, it's so many people that's going to suffer later on in life with all this crap that they're doing. Anyway, Mr. Potato Head, by the way, was a cartoon and a toy. 
You ain't supposed to be doing that stuff to yourself for real. But let me get back to the word. Romans 3, 19 through 23, NIV, it reads, Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. Quick illustration before I keep reading. If you are driving in a new state, you cross the state line, you're going from South Dakota uh, uh, to Montana. You hit Montana. One of the first things that you will begin looking for if you're smart after the welcome to Montana sign, here's the visitor center. You're going to say, what's the speed limit? I know I'm in a different state. I know they have police and laws. Let me find out quickly. What is the speed limit? Now, the only reason you know you are speeding is because of the speed sign that is posted, not by you, but by the local and the state and even federal government. In other words, that law, that speeding sign illuminates how you are driving in the same way like this, this text tells us God's law through the law, we become conscious of our sin. In other words, that's why people don't want to hear the Bible. Oh, I don't even want to be conscious of all these girls I'm getting. I don't want to be conscious of all this weed I'm smoking. I don't want to be conscious of all this alcohol liquor I'm drinking. So I don't want to hear the law because it's going to make me conscious of my sin. Let's keep reading Romans 3:21. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Short of the glory of God. So you say you think you're a good person. The phrase short of the glory of God reminds me of a word and that word is almost. Think about this. I just want you to listen to the following statements. I almost got paid. I almost graduated high school. I almost got a job. Hey, I almost paid my rent. Those words, those statements are foolish. Somebody, when is the last time you heard somebody say, I almost paid my rent? Huh? Either you pay it or you don't. If you don't pay it, you get put out. Do you see the weight of the word almost? So falling short of the glory of God is, is that's just a, a visual to give you. When we say short of the glory, the term for sin in Greek is missing the mark. So again, this is where the person who has not surrendered their life, this is where you live. The Bible illuminates your sin and you are constantly in a state where you are short of God's glory. Let's read another verse. Romans 6, 19 through 23. Some people take verses from these two passages and it has been famously called the Romans Road. Paul lays it down in Romans. But let's read because we want to make sure that even where you sit now, if you say, man, I ain't giving my life to Jesus. These Bible verses are showing you where your car is parked. Your spiritual car is parked before God. So you can front and fake and run and put it off and all that. But just know these verses are telling you clearly where you stand before God, apart from surrendering your life. And remember, it's not your version of surrender. Jesus paid it all. 
He gave it all. He died for all sin once for all. So that means your interests, your aims, your goals, your pursuits, your desires, your passions, your ways, and your will must be yielded to Jesus according to that definition. But let's read Romans 6, 19 through 23 NIV. I am using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever increasing wickedness. So now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Oh, my Goodness, some of you are living lives five years, 10 years from now, you are going to be sitting aching in your soul and deeply ashamed of what you have done or what you're doing now. Right now, you some of you don't even realize the severity, the 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 foolishness, the stupidity, the danger involved, the harm involved the collateral damage of what you are doing now. This is what this verse is trying to articulate. If you're living a life being a slave to sin. Now it says, what benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. That's Romans 6, 21 alcohol, methamphetamines, sexual immorality. Those things result in death. 22. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. Hebrews 12, 14 uh, for without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Again, slaves of righteousness leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. 23 for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So you see these scriptures again, point number one, you got to surrender apart from surrendering. You're in a life where uh, uh, you're a slave to sin. And those things result in death. The reason why you, 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 again, the previous verse, I don't want the consciousness of my sin, but at the same time, those same things, the sin that you're in, it leads to death. Revelation 20, 10 through 15 NIV. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. If ever is not enough, Jesus added another ever. <laughs> That's like saying it's not hot, but it's hot, hot. Don't nobody say yes. Today, the weather is 125 degrees with the heat index. It's going to be hot, hot. No, you just say hot. But just in case you ain't hot enough, I could say hot, hot. Now, Revelation 20, verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books the sea gave up the dead that were in it and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Listen to this very carefully because again, Ooh, I'm not going to give my life to Jesus. I'm not going to surrender. Uh, I ain't going to give it all. Listen to this very carefully. Revelation 20, 15, anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life 
was thrown into the lake of fire. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to One Life with Taylor via MadeUpMind.com. I'd love to hear some of your comments. I'd love some feedback on what you think about three lies to live, four steps to take. The verses that I have just read to you and I'm continuing to read is the first step that you must take in life. You must surrender your life to Jesus and surrendering everything, interest, aim, goal, pursuit, desire, everything that is within you, all of your existence inside and out. Give it to Jesus. Revelation 21, one through eight. And this is a new King James version. These verses are in support of where a person stands apart from surrendering their life to Jesus. Revelation 21, one through eight, New King James. It says, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Verse 6. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my son. Listen to this last verse very carefully. This verse is for the one who says, I don't have to give my life to Jesus. Listen very carefully. Revelation 21, eight, but the cowardly unbelieving abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The three uh, categories, I wish I had time, maybe we can make another uh, podcast to go into these three words, cowardly, unbelieving and idolaters. There is a hint of idolatry on the podcast episode called army of harlots. If you listen to parts one and two, then you can get into the word idolater just a little bit, but the word unbelieving, what does God mean when he say cowardly or unbelieving? Some of y'all scared to give your life to Jesus. If, if, if you do evangelism, you can see it in people's eyes. They get uneasy. They get anxious. They, they, it just makes them uncomfortable. That means you are a coward. You scared to give your life to Jesus. Now, you'll be quick to put a blunt in your mouth and smoke that. You'll be quick to drink a mixed drink at a party. You have no idea who put what in that drink. You'll be quick to go somewhere to a party and, and drop it like it's hot and twerk and shake. And then you end up in a situation where you're doing something you ain't got no business doing. You'll be quick to do that, but you'll scared and you'll pump them brakes. I ain't giving my life to Jesus. Why? Why do you think your flesh curls up and cringes every time somebody say, give your life to Jesus? That's being cowardly or unbelieving. If you simply refuse, when you look at that word refuse or the, the word belief, the illustration, I chased this word out a while ago because of John 3.16, which I'm going to read next. The word believe is very strong. 
God don't have to say a thousand words. He's God. He knew what word in Greek would would really be strong enough to to articulate what he means. But the picture for the word belief or unbelief is like a rejection, a refusal. It's more like an intentional, aggressive refusal. And the and and the illustration years ago when I chased it out uh, is like. A, a shot that's being blocked in basketball, a shot that's being blocked in basketball is really putting a hand up and pushing the ball or slapping the ball away from the direction that the ball is attempting to be be uh, shot. That's like a shot block. Most people make it boom. You know, they slam it real hard. And that's that's the illustration of unbelieving. So you blocking the shot that God is trying to shoot to you. God trying to pass you the ball and you blocking it like a violent Dikembe Mutombo, Hakeem Olajuwon, Shaquille O'Neal. I'm talking about some big, big boys. I know they don't play no more, but the, 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 the big boys, the, the center blocking that shot, you know? So, so that's the illustration of what a person does when they choose to not believe disbelieve, unbelieve. All right. So God says, but the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake, which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Ladies and gentlemen, you're still listening to One Life with Tay Love. If you love the Bible and you love the word, I pray that you're enjoying this Bible reading. All we're doing is reading the Bible and we're still on our first point. Praise the Lord. Let's read the next verse. These next few verses are going to go quick. John 3:16, New King James Version reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Yes, that's a verse for the person who has not surrendered their life to Jesus. You didn't heard the doom and the gloom. And yes, it's true. Regardless of how we want to, uh, what kind of mayonnaise you want to put on there, it's still true. Okay. But these verses are also true. So even though you may have not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, these verses are telling you that you can, and you can even do it right now. John three thirty six, New King James Version. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. We don't have time to chase that word wrath. Let's keep on reading. Joshua 24 14 through 15. Let's go back to the NIV. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshiped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. You, you get these families where they, the mom and daddy go to church and they leave the kids behind. You get these families where the mom and daddy are trying to walk one way and the kids are walking the other way. You get these families where the mama and the daddy make serving the Lord optional. No, 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 no. If I buy a pizza, I, I, I order some Domino's and two or three pizzas show up. You're going to click your heels, wipe your mouth and wash your hands and sit at the table. Oh, okay. You're going to eat with the family when we eat Domino's, but you want to run, tuck and hide when it's time to go to church or open the Bible or something like that. That's your house, but I know it's mine. Anyway, let's keep going. That is step number one that you must take. Surrender your life to Jesus Christ right now. 
Tomorrow is not promised to no man. Death comes like a thief in the light. The Bible says in Hebrews 9, 27, it is appointed the time that a man should die once. And after this is the judgment. James chapter four says your life is as a vapor appearing for one moment and gone the very next. Okay. Now, step number two, you must know and admit your weaknesses and temptations. Know and admit your weaknesses and temptations. James 1, 13 through 15, King James Version. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. Watch this. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Other translations say sin, when it is fully grown, bringeth forth death. The reason why you want to know and admit your weaknesses and temptations is because death is knocking at the door. If you're tempted to watch porn, you better believe on one or another porn episode is going to be death. You might have your last good look and have a heart attack. You might have your last good look at porn and, and uh, get killed in a drive-by shooting. You may have your last good look at porn and choke on a piece of chocolate. I, I have no idea. But at the end of the day, know and admit your weaknesses and your temptations because death is what your sin and those temptations and weaknesses are trying to drag you to. Okay. That goes for everybody, even me. Know and admit your weaknesses. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 15. I know this is long, but please, please, please. This is a Bible reading, Bible loving, Jesus worshiping, the Lord Jesus Christ podcast. Let's read this thing. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 15, NIV. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Let me stop for a second. Folks, did you hear that? Even though you had those children who were in the wilderness with Moses, children of Israel, this Bible says in this verse, God was not pleased with most of them. And as a result, they died in the wilderness. This Bible says their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Oh my goodness. That's a very profound point, but we got to keep going so this podcast won't be three hours. Now, these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, listen, 23,000 of them died. We should not test Christ as some of them did and were killed by snakes and do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. Here's why I wanted to take the time to read that. This is the punchline, verse 11, 1 Corinthians 10, 11. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us. Do you see that? Ladies and gentlemen, God ain't no fool. The only wise God, all powerful, all knowing and all present said, let me write this down so that the people after the children of Israel in the wilderness do not have to repeat the same thing, but we look around today 
and we see people in sexual immorality. We see people who are grumbling and complaining. We see people who are idolaters and, and gluttons. We, 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 we see that even though these things were written already thousands of years ago as an example and a warning to us. That's why it's important, folks, that you know and admit your weaknesses. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. 13, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. That means you already know when you go to the bar, it ain't because you don't know what's in there or you ain't been there before. When you go to the corner store and you buy that pack of Swisher Sweet, it ain't because you ain't bought one before, smelt it before, tasted it before, rolled it up, split it open before. You already know what it is. Again, it's common to you. It's common to me. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure it. Therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. I speak to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. Here's an illustration as to why I read this text. You may have worked a job where they have what's called safety videos. Okay. What do safety videos show you? It's a guy and everybody thinks it's corny because the music is on. He got some work boots, a safety vest, some safety glasses and a, and a hard hat. Hello, everybody. My name is George and we're going to be safe. And everybody's laughing and taking it as a joke. Then they flash the screen. They show somebody and boom, you watch a live video of a man who gets his hand ripped off from a machine. Why do they do this with safety videos? To show you as an example and as a doggone warning, you better pay attention and be safe or you're going to be sorry. Okay. Now they show you the safety video of what not to do. Mm -hmm. That's why they show you the video. So Paul is saying here in this word, don't be like these folk because they were there and it's written as an example and as a Warning, folks, you got to know and admit your temptations and weaknesses. Jude 1, 5 through 7, King James. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed them that believed not. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he have reserved in everlasting chains under darkness until the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. What do criminal programs show you? Criminal programs like cops, bad boys, bad boys. What you're going to do? Hey, it used to come on all the time. What was it showing you? It show you what happened to criminals who commit crimes. Yeah, they're going to get chased. They're going to get roughed up. A lot of them going to get beat up. Unfortunately, some of them going to get shot. Some of them going to die. And I know this is a sense of the time because of the Tyree Nichols. Uh, am I saying it right? Nicholas case in Memphis. It's sad that, you know, those police officers. Yeah, they took it. They took it too far. I'll leave it at that. I'm not getting into that. This, this is for the Bible. But yeah, uh, uh, but at the end of the day, those shows, those programs and all types of documentaries that are out there for us to have on YouTube and Amazon Prime, they show you of what happens to you when you commit crimes. That's why they have the scared straight program. Folks, you got to know and admit your temptations, because if you don't, again, is going to lead to death, physical death, spiritual death, 
mental death, emotional death, psychological death. It's going to be all kinds of death behind you failing to realize where you are weak. That's where the devil going to get you. Step number three. I hope you're enjoying this. I hope this is good to somebody, especially somebody overseas. I've been watching the analytics and this thing is getting reaching people in various countries. You know, my prayer again is that God's word will work. I don't care where you are listening. May the word of God work in your heart and in your life. That's the whole point of this podcast. Three lies to live, four steps to take. We are on step number three. Step number three, adjust your life to eliminate entirely or effectively minimize your temptations. Let me say that one more time. Adjust your life to eliminate entirely or effectively minimize your temptations. Here is a big, big, big statement I'm about to make. Put your lean in a little bit. Turn the cell phone up a little bit. Get in closer to the screen if you're listening on the computer. The people you choose to hang around, associate with, be friends with, and the spouse you marry, the church you attend, will add or take away from this step. Adjusting your life to eliminate entirely or effectively minimize your temptations is contingent upon the people you choose to hang around, the people you associate with, the people you are friends with, the spouse that you marry, and even the church you attend. Some churches don't make your sin go down and make your sin go up. If you are at a church and you're and the pastor has pros, the prosperity gimmick laced in his ministry, it's going to make your sin go up, not down. It's going to make your temptations go up, not down. The prosperity messenger wants to get you on the materialistic, money hungry, health and wealth and this, that, and the other. I got plenty of videos, okay? Prosperity gimmicks parts one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. I'm going to get to 10 and there's so many more that we can get to. But the point is, that's one example. If you're at a church where they are embracing, I ain't saying being harsh, but if they are embracing and affirming homosexuality, then your sin is going up, not down. Okay. I can keep going, but I'll leave it like that. So again, adjust your life to eliminate entirely or effectively minimize your temptations. The people you hang around, associate with friends you're with, the spouse you marry, and even the church you attend, sadly, is going to add or take away from that effort. Let's get to the final step, folks. This is One Life with Tay Love via MadeUpMind.com. If this has helped you, if this has done anything for you today, tonight, uh, uh, well, on your break, in your bed, in your car, in your living room, then please share it with one or two people. Do that. Do your part in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. The final step in this podcast called Three Lies to Live, Four Steps to Take. Step number four, strengthen your breaks. Strengthen your breaks. Remember, no breaks, some breaks, perfect breaks. Strengthen your breaks. This is why, at least in America, they have shops that do brake inspections. They check your fluid. They check the brake pressure. They, they check the rotors and the brake pads, the drum, the dust. They check the shoes, the springs, the rear wheel cylinders. They check your brake fluid. They do all that stuff. Why are they checking? Because they're going to see which components need to be swapped out so that your brakes can be optimal and safe. Let me read a verse in the Amplified that's going to tell you how to strengthen your brakes. This is Proverbs 9, 6 through 12 Amplified. And it reads, Leave behind your foolishness and the foolish and live and walk in the way of insight and understanding. He who corrects and instructs a scoffer gets dishonor for himself 
and he who rebukes a wicked man gets insults for himself. Do not correct a scoffer who foolishly ridicules and takes no responsibility for his error or he will hate you. Correct a wise man who learns from his error and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he will become even wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase his learning. That verse nine, Proverbs nine, nine tells you who to disciple and who not to disciple. Proverbs nine, 10, we're going amplify the reverent fear of the Lord. That is worshiping him and regarding him as truly awesome is the beginning and the preeminent part of wisdom. Its starting point and its essence and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding and spiritual insight. For by me, wisdom of wisdom from God, your days will be multiplied and years of life shall be increased. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself, for your own benefit. If you scoff thoughtlessly, ridicule and disdain, you alone will pay the penalty. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Tay Love. You have just heard the podcast called Three Lies to Live, Four Steps to Take. My prayer is that one of these steps, all of these steps will show you where you are and what you need to do. You might need to take step number one and number two. Some of you might need to take step number two and three. Somebody else may need to take steps three and four. Some of you might need to take all the steps. At the end of the day, you have to decide for you. One thing about life, can't nobody live for you and you can't live for nobody. It don't matter how bad I want you to be saved and follow Jesus obediently. I can't do that. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's my time. This is Taylor preaching Jesus. Until next time. Hit the trash bag, preach the gospel bag. Matthew 28, 19, make disciples of all. Make disciples one life, one death, one time. Make disciples, make disciples.